Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It's January 4th. That means it's Wrestle Kingdom time, baby. It's Wrestle Kingdom 15, the 2020 edition of Wrestle Kingdom. And yeah, today was night one. It's a two-night event again this year, followed by New Year's Dash on night three. Uh, And we did our predictions the other day. If you, for some reason, want to go back and listen to them, you can. It's the previous episode of this one on the podcast feed. Um, And then tomorrow we will have a review out for night two as well. Uh, We'll also have Ryan and Angelo's Impact Power Hour um, Mm -hmm. returning as Impact comes back um, from their basically two-week hiatus while they were doing their clip show to end the year. Yes. And then Wednesday, we might have a review for New Year's Dash. I don't, I'm still not 100% sure. We'll see. I don't know what time the show is, but we'll figure it out. Um, And then uh, I'm planning on waking up for it. Yeah. And then Um, because I've got my flight after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just saying. And then, um, and then Wednesday, we, uh, me and Joey will be reviewing night one of AEW's New Year's Smash. So, a couple podcasts. Oh, and then uh, later this week, our year-end podcast for 2020, uh, which was a bit delayed, is also coming out on the podcast feed and our YouTube channel. So you can find the link to our YouTube channel in the episode description if you want to watch the podcast uh, and see our faces, as well as some of the visuals we have for that. Uh, or you can just listen to it on the uh, audio version, which if you're listening to this, then you're already, you're already set. Just subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to and... You'll get the year-end podcast. It's about two. It's a little over two hours long, so it's a it's a it's a hefty listen, but it's a fun show. Um. Anyway, New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 15 Night One. Let's do this. If you're new here, I'm Pat. I'm Ryan. And let's just let's let's get this thing started. This uh for us this kicked off at 2 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, we did watch this live. Uh, originally, probably planned on doing the review directly after, but. And myself, I was very tired after this show. Uh, I had predicted that it was going to be around three to three and a half hours long. It ended up being five hours. So, yeah, and uh, I, I thought it was about going to be about four hours. So yeah, so we were both off there. Um, but I'm happy that it was off. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a second. But this this opening match. Um, all right. So to be yeah. fair, this opening match wouldn't have mattered on the timeline. No, but still. <laughs> oh, Christ. Anyway, our first match on the technically the pre-show for Wrestle Kingdom was the return of the New Japan Rumble, the New Japan Rambo. And it, this year, it was different than all previous years when they've had this thing. Rather than having a definitive winner, the match ends when there are four people left in the match. And the four of these people are set to do battle in the opening match of night two of Wrestle Kingdom. So you might be thinking to yourself, oh, they're probably going to load this thing up with some like really good talent who can uh, who can kick off night two of Wrestle Kingdom with a bang, right? And if you wanted to hear who our predictions were, because when we did our predictions, I asked everybody who they thought would be the final four. Uh, I can go through that real quick. Cause yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, please, not? please, please enlighten everybody on how we thought this was gonna go. Yeah, we're apparently really dumb. I mean, Sam was probably the closest to having the right mindset. Um, yeah. So Rob chose Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano, and Minoru Suzuki. Joey chose Toriyano, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yuji Nagata. Ryan chose Hiroshi Tenzan, Minoru Suzuki, Toriyano, and Yuji Nagata. Uh, Sam chose Yujiro Takahashi, David Finley, Yoshihashi, and Chase Owens. So again, he's he's the closest in the uh, mindset of what this match ended up being. And uh, I chose Toriyano, Suzuki, uh, Yoshihashi, and Ishii. Um, that is not what we got here. Um, each of us all got one person correct in this. Uh, basically, everybody but Sam chose Yano to uh, to make it, and then Sam chose Chase Owens, and Chase Owens. Uh, who was the number one entrant, went the entire match. Um, yeah, he poli- apparently he politicked to get this number one spot because he wanted to prove that he could go the distance. So, I mean, good on him for proving that, but, like, oh. Yeah, this went uh, around, like, 30, 35 minutes long. Um, I gave this a, uh, a .5 star rating. I gave it a star. Rob gave it two stars, and I—I I I don't told, understand. I, I told Rob on Twitter that I thought he was being too generous. 
Um, yeah, this match, me and Ryan, Ryan knows how I was reacting to this in, in person. I was losing my mind over this match. Uh, this this was hard. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, can we let's... can we just talk about like the the ending here? Oh, I was gonna go through. Uh, oh, okay. Because I, I have. Up I thought the, you were uh... like, okay, let, let's just not. The less no, no, I talk no, no, about this, no, the no, better. no, no. People need to understand. They need to understand what this was. If I had to suffer through this, then people listening to the review are going to re-suffer through this with us. Our number one entrant was Chase Owens, and our number two entrant was Tomohiro Ishii. And I saw Ishii come out, and I was like, man, I can see Ishii go in the distance from number two. He was, uh, I believe he was the ninth person eliminated, so uh, that was not the case. Um, after Ishii, we had Suzuki, and then we had Nagata, uh, and those were the uh, first two people eliminated in the match, um, were Suzuki and Nagata, uh, f- which they were eliminated by the next person in the match, Toa Hanare. Toa Hanare eliminated Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata. And I'd be like, okay, you know, fine, They're, you know, Hanare's like an upcoming guy, they're giving him the rub here. And then... Shortly after this, Hanara just gets tossed out by, I'm pretty sure he got tossed out by Fale or, no, Ishii, Ishii. I was going to say, Fale was one of the last people. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was, I knew it was one, it was one of the bigger guys. It was, so it was Ishii. Um, so I don't really know what that accomplished, but sure. Uh, uh, we also got Goto, uh, Yujiro and Yoshihashi coming in. You know, I don't really care for Yujiro Takahashi and, um, I do. While he was entering, uh, Chase Owens was getting beaten down by uh, by multiple people, and commentary was like, "Oh, you know, he's <laughs> Yujiro's his teammate. He's probably going to come in there and help him." Yujiro just took his time. He was just like, "No." Nah, to be fa- to be fair, they've had some disagreements in the past, mainly how Yujiro tried to trick uh, oh Chase uh, in the world in World Tag League to get cheap victories uh, for Evil and himself. So, yeah, well, not not like World Tag League matters anymore, but yeah, um, Goto and Yoshihashi both came out in T-shirts and kept them on. So I figured they weren't going to be in this thing long. And I was I was pretty right about that. Uh, Makabe hey. and Hanma come out uh, again. So... Mak- Makabe about to be eliminated. Hanma comes and <laughs> walks as slow as possible. This man waddles. He waddles. needs. This man needs to retire. Um, I don't care if you are the biggest Hanma mark. You're like, oh, he's a legend. He's he's one of the dads. The dads the dads are here to stay. No, Hanma shouldn't. Yeah. Um, Hanma cannot go. And then we had uh, uh, Tenzan came out after this, and then Tenzan. And Hanma joined forces, and Hanma turned on Makabe and tossed him out with Tenzan. Um, then we had our, our technically our one surprise entrant here, uh, which not really a surprise entrant because he's on the roster and we knew he was here. Uh, Rocky Romero, as commentary continually through this match, was like, where's Rocky? He's supposed to be doing commentary with us. And so Rocky Romero gets in. Then we get our string of juniors here following Rocky with Doki Show, Bushi, and Tiger Mask. Then we get bad luck. Oh, don't don't forget what we learned about Tiger Mask. Oh yeah, he had diverticulitis, and apparently it almost killed him. Yeah, was so, not aware of that. So yeah, so Pat, what do you have to say about about all your trash talking about Mister Sweaty Man, Shane McMahon, and and Brock and Jerry, and all the other diverticulitis? Jerry, Jerry Lawler, he is. Is diverticulitis? Oh yeah, I honestly not. Well, I, you're acting like I should talk all these people. I, you I do. Like Shane, I like Shane McMahon. <laughs> no, you don't. Nobody likes Shane McMahon. I was somebody who said Shane McMahon could have won the world title, and I would have been okay with it. No, you wouldn't have. I I said they could have put the title on Shane when he was feuding with Owens, and they could have had Owens take it off of him, and it would have been a great moment. They didn't go that route. Uh, Thank anyway, God. Anyway. Uh, what do we got going on? Then we had Bad Luck Fale. Commentary had implied he was going to be the last person in this match. Th- this wasn't the case. Fale comes out, and then we get Gabriel Kidd, Yuya Yamura, and Yoda Suji coming out. Yeah, which and for commentary, some reason, commentary was really weird here because they they were like, "Oh yeah, he's he's no, he's the last person. He's number twenty one, even though it's a twenty two person Rambo." 
Well, there was only 21 people in this. Toriano was the last person. He was 21. There was not a tw- there was no 22nd. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on here. Um, anyway, the most bizarre thing about this match was when the Young Lions come out, Bushi just slides out of the ring and starts, like, attacking them and preventing them from getting in the match. <laughs> and I was... And then, like... <laughs> Then he just started letting them in so bad luck Fale could eliminate them and was like cheering it on. This was weird. I don't understand what this was with Bushi. Um this was like and I don't think this is ever gonna play into a storyline. Nope. It's just it's just very weird and it made me question everything. What confused um, me was like I was like, Oh, maybe maybe it's gonna be revealed that Bushi was actually Dick Toga the whole time. And then I was like, No, we have actually we saw Bushi's face, it was totally Bushi. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, Yamura's the last person tossed out, and he's tossed out as Toriano's making his entrance, and then the bell rings. This is really awkward because nobody knows what's going on. And then the bell rings, and we have our final four. Chase Owens, Bushi, Bad Luck Fale, and Toriano are going to open Wrestle Kingdom tomorrow. Or, or, yeah, tomorrow. Uh, for night two of this show, for the goddamn KOPW 2021 trophy. And also let it be known that Bad Luck Fale, after this match, uh, went on Twitter and says that if he wins, he's breaking the... uh, Even if he doesn't win, he's breaking the trophy, so nobody can have it ever again. This made me question waking up in the morning for they're staying up in the morning for this this was 35 minutes long this was one of the three longest matches on this show <laughs> now to be fair this was part of a one hour this was one hour before the main card no started. it's not to be fair this was not fair to anyone this was a you didn't have to watch this, it this was an endurance test it was a pre-show match i have a very strong contender for worst match of the year um, I don't know if this is going to get topped. I'm going to be honest. This is this is on the level of the uh, the gauntlet match from Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia last year. This, I'm 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 done talking about it. We kicked off the main show, thankfully with a with a, a better match. Oh, sorry. Before the match, we had our uh, our special guest here on the show, your Japanese, boy, Japanese Don King, bringing out Ricky Choshu with his grandson who was crying. Yeah, Ricky Joshi's um, son should not have, or grandson. grandson should not have come out. That was that was awful. I felt I, bad for the kid. I don't know. I thought that was entertaining. I that felt was... bad for the kid because the kid clearly did not want to be there. He clearly wanted to not be in front of anybody. He was crying. He was I not having was, a good time. It was more entertaining than the Rumble. Well, <laughs> anyway, they start the show. Crowd gives a big reaction with collapse uh, for Ricky Joshi. So yeah. Uh, we kicked off the actual Wrestle Kingdom 15 card with our junior match for the night. It was the winner of the Best of the Super Juniors 27, Hiromu Takahashi, taking on the winner of the 2020 Super J Cup. Back-to-back winner, El Fantasmo, making his return to uh, New Japan's Japan uh, promotion, obviously, because he's been on strong. Um and yeah, Phantasmo comes out and he actually has his new music. Um, kind of like a, uh, it's a remix of his current theme or his old theme, but with like some like screaming vocals and like guitars and stuff. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he also um, had a new look. Yeah. Uh, he had a new a really spiky cool... jacket, a beanie. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I really like the jacket. Yeah. Uh, and he also comes out with the uh, Super J Cup jacket. And just starts throwing it everywhere. Starts uh, rubbing it on his crotch, baby. Yep. Um, And yeah, Phantasmo being Phantasmo. Uh, And then Hiromu makes his entrance and he's dressed up like a giant octopus. Um, I'm assuming that's what he was going for. I don't know what else this would be. Yeah, it definitely Um, had eight tentacles. Yeah. Uh, So, sure. He looked comfy as hell coming out, though. I do want to say that jacket looked hella comfy. It looked cozy, yeah. Um, After this... Uh, pretty quickly in the match, uh, El Fantasmo just tosses the trophy and the jack tosses the Best of Super Juniors trophy uh, behind the commentary. Grabs a, one of the mics and starts yelling, "Where's Liger?" Uh, because you know Liger, uh, he his whole thing and the best of, or the Super J Cup was it's Liger's tournament. And he doesn't care about Liger. Uh, 
and he wanted to show the disrespect that he has for his tournament. Uh, and he wanted to show how he feels about the damn jacket. Wasn't able to show it because Liger wasn't there. Yeah, and as ELP is walking around at ringside doing that, uh, Hiromu hops up top on top of the corner uh, turnbuckle and does his like big diving seated senton onto the uh, the floor onto um, El Fantasma. So a nice big spot to start this match. This uh, ended up being a not like a slow match, but it was a much slower match than your typical junior match, which was interesting. I was going to say, not even just a junior match, typical Hiromu match. Yeah, this felt more of like the Hiromu we saw in the New Japan Cup where he was working um, more of like a heavyweight style in terms of just like the pacing of the match. Yeah. I mean, to um, be fair, I felt like El Fantasma's matches in the uh, Super J Cup that weren't against Leo Rush were pretty, uh, were pretty uh, slow-paced as well. Um, Mainly because he was just working on injuries. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. And in this uh, match, he was working on trying to injure Every yeah. part of Hiromu's body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, but yeah, so uh, again, this wasn't really what I was expecting um, from this match. Not in a, a bad way or anything. It was just, um, you know, it wasn't really... I was expecting with El Fantasmo and Hiromu to come out here and just like go for like a barn burner really quack... Uh, not quack. Quick sprint. Um but that wasn't really what we got, and I, I didn't really mind it. I thought that they worked a really – it wasn't, like, the best match I've ever seen. Um, it certainly wasn't either guy's best match. But I did think that they worked a um, – I thought they worked an interesting an interesting style. I guess that's how I'll put it. Um, we did have some really cool moves from El Fantasmo. Uh, I will say El Fantasmo loved the guy, and I think his, his, his moveset for a heel – even as a baby face, if he was a baby face, it's just like one of the most interesting movesets I've seen. Like he does a bunch of really weird shit. Um, like we had that, um, that move he hit where he like draped Hiromu over the, uh, the top rope. I had never seen this thing before in my life. Oh yes. And this is pretty early on. He drapes Hiromu over the top rope and then just, uh, climbs up to the top turnbuckle and does like a, like a, a falling senton onto Hiromu, who's just like leaned over the top rope. This look, this was just like a weird nuts looking move. <laughs> um, that was pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, and then also early on, we had Hiromu going for a sunset bomb on the apron. ELP got out of it and then uh, got back in the ring and did his own sunset bomb to him. And then we got a beautiful, beautiful moonsault, um, springboard moonsault from ELP to the floor. The, uh, um, what's it called? The Asai Moonsault or something like that? Yeah. Um, yes. Which, according to ELP on Twitter, uh, while he was doing it in the rotation, he had two, uh, dual uh, two sweets going up. I did see. It's all the tweet. Um, throughout the match, we also had ELP doing his new thing where he's just teasing uh, former Bullet Club stuff with... Uh, he he, um, he did the Omega like Terminator um, stomps in the ring. Really poorly. We- yeah, he was, like, offbeat on it. I don't know if it was on purpose or what. Probably on purpose. Um, and he was setting it up for, like, a suicide dive, but then he faked out and just came back and did his taunt. Um, we also got a tease for the Styles Clash pretty early on. Um, he did eventually end up hitting he, it. Yeah, he hit it pretty late in the match and got a big two count and then followed that up with the one-winged angel, but did not get it. Hiromu rolled through it. Um, Very similar and, to... Uh, he tried the one-winged angel in... Super Jacob. Yeah, I don't think he hit it, did he? He, he did not. Yeah. So uh, that that move still evades him. And uh, yeah, the finish came kind of out of nowhere. Um, Phantasma went for CR2 and then Hiromu rolled through it and uh, hooked his legs and picked up the win. Yeah. Uh, so did not win with Time Bomb. Yeah. Uh, what should I call it? Um, he did go for Time Bomb 2 twice in this match. But, yeah, but he didn't get uh, it. And ELP went for a Time Bomb once. Um, yeah. Also, um, what's your call it uh elp like i said he was trying to injure basically every part of uh hiromu's body uh he was twisting and turning each of his fingers and hands stomping on the hands stomping on the ankles um and after the match hiromu had uh, to get ice packs on both of his hands and he was screeching in pain very similar to his screeches when uh evil betrayed uh 
Lij, uh, which still one of my favorite moments of last year in New Japan. Um, but yeah, uh, and everybody, uh, big th- question is, will he be healthy enough? Will he be able to? Will his hands be able to hold up uh, somebody for uh, time bomb tomorrow, today, whenever? Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Um, it did feel like they were holding back a bit here. Um, not that that was like a bad thing. Obviously, there was still a pretty lengthy show to go. Um, and also, Hiromu probably will be having a pretty long match with Ishimori uh, on night two. Yes. So, respectable. And again, I thought that um, both guys looked really good. And ELP, I think, is... If I, was, if I was booking this junior division, I would perfectly, just in a perfect world, build this thing around Hiromu, ELP, uh, Desperado, and Robbie Eagles. Because those guys are some absolutely... Anyway, the people I named are some like legitimately elite level talents with like great personalities oh. and like genuinely great in ring work. Um, so, you know, they have the talent for a, a crazy powerful junior division if they want to book it. Oh, and show. I don't know how I forgot about show. Yeah. Um, and dope. But yeah. All right, buddy. <laughs> uh, Anyway, yeah, big fan of El Phantasmo, and uh, hopefully he sticks around in uh, Japan for some of these shows. Uh, then we got our, ta- our IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. The Dangerous Techers defending against the winners of World Tag League, the Gorillas of Destiny. And um, the big thing for Gorillas of Destiny coming into this match was obviously they won their first World Tag League, but also going in... Um, they were, I believe they, so they've been six times, they yeah. were six time champions before this match. And they had also never won in the Tokyo Dome, um, the titles, the, the, um, yes, the, the, yeah, the heavyweight tag titles. I'm pretty sure they've won the six men. Um, could be wrong actually. Um, but, uh, if they did win this match, they would officially beat, uh, Kojima and Tenzan's, uh, record as, uh, tag champs. Yeah. So that was the big thing. And here. as I've said, um, I think that. G.O.D. probably are going to go down as the best tag team in New Japan uh, solely because the fact that they tied Tenkozy's record in about four years. Uh, yeah. Tenkozy has been around for God knows how long. So. Probably since like 1968. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> anyway. I thought this match was really good. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. Thank God Doki and Jado didn't have as much interference as I thought they were going to in this. Yeah, I thought this um, was going to be a uh, excuse my French, a fuck fest. I believe yeah, is what I said um, to Pat <clears throat> when I saw that Doki. Now, I did say that somebody had to come out for um, uh, Suzuki, or for the Dangerous Techers to help them uh, like kind of counter Jado because you know Jado's gonna was gonna be there no matter what and I was like oh you know Doki could come out there he has his iron tool and he can do a whack Jado's stick out of there and I didn't actually think Doki was gonna come out but Doki did come out and I was very happy about it Doki got a got a second moment of the night yeah Doki got a second paycheck <laughs> as he should man as he should um, yeah, anyway, I uh, I didn't have the highest ex- uh, expectations for this. Dangerous Techers, I thought their tag title reign has been really solid. Their match, again, their whole series with Ibushi and Tanahashi, great stuff. The first encounter last year, genuinely like a match of the year contender for me. Um, but going into this, the heel versus heel dynamic and the fact that it's G.O.D. and um, they, uh, they typically have a lot of, um, you know, fuckery, uh, fuckery in their matches. <laughs> Uh, wasn't the the most appealing thing, especially when you see Jado and Doki come out. But I thought they balanced it well. Um, the so basically everything until the last like minute of this match, loved it. Thought it was great. Then we have horrible finish, <laughs> horrible finish here when Tamatanga brings in the Iron Glove and bonks Taichi with it, and then Tangaloa hits Ape Shit and wins. If they could have refrained from using the glove, I understand why they did it because this is probably going to set up a rematch since Juice is injured and they're going to need uh, another set of challengers. Did we really 
need to ruin this match that had minimal nonsense in it by having Tama Tonga come in here and just punk him with the glove. I think the I think this weirder thing about this is the fact that um, they p- point out that again we didn't watch World Tag League uh, except the final and the first night, uh, but it, apparently that this was the exact same finish from their World Tag League match. Um, oh, because uh, Chris Charlton was like, just like uh, World Tag League, Tonga gra- uh, hits Taichi with the glove to win. And I think that's lame that you do the same finish from World Tag League to this. But I did not have any, like, if, if I didn't hear that from Chris Charlton or Kevin Kelly, whoever said it um, on commentary. I, I actually didn't mind the finish. I thought the finish was uh, was was good. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It just kind of sucked out the energy for this. I was expecting like Magic Killer or something, or even if Tongaloa just like got ape shit in or something, it would have been fine um, without the glove. I didn't think the glove was necessary, or if they did the glove, if it wasn't the finish. Um, I, see, I think it's going to lead to something else. Um, I think you could. I mean, Tai Chi doesn't really use the glove anymore. Um, and maybe this is going to help be like something that he, he'll stop bringing it out so other people can't use it against him, and then he'll just stop using it too. And you can use that as a way to get Tai Chi babyface. Um, yeah, I guess. Um... Hey, man, it's better than your idea that Miho Abe was underneath. It was, con- <laughs> yeah, was, was controlling was Tai Chi the entire, the entire match. Hey man, I suggested Tai Chi going baby face all the way back in the G one after his match with Suzuki. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I thought this was a really great tag match until the finish. Um, uh, and yeah, and so the Dangerous Techers reign I think was a successful tag title reign, probably one of the best in recent memory. I'd agree with um, that. Now all we got to do is hope that God have uh, another good reign and we'll continue a string of uh, a strong tag division for now with Golden uh, Golden Ace and then Dangerous Techers and God. If we can get three consecutive really good tag title reigns, I'll be very happy. I I trust it. I'm I'm less trusting of uh, God booking, yeah, well, so we'll see. Uh, after this, yeah, I, apparently. Um, also want to say it was, uh, we saw, um, Saber play babyface during a couple matches in the G1. Thought it was phenomenal. Um, he works really good as a babyface as well, despite being an excellent heel. But, uh, I was a big fan of the fact that Tai Chi and ZSJ were the faces, um, in this match. Yeah. I just, I feel like they have really strong, uh, chemistry together and can work either heel or face whenever it's needed. Um, and they both have offense that works for both, honestly. Um, so I like that a lot. Uh, so yeah, glad that they got to play de facto baby faces for this one. After this, we had Kenta versus Satoshi Kojima for the uh, the right to challenge IWGP US title contract briefcase. And before this happens, the lights go out in the Tokyo Dome and we get a video package with some horses and some narration. And then we see the New Japan Strong Arena and who's in it. But the current IWGP US heavyweight champion, John Moxley, who's uh, there with the U.S. title, and he says that whoever wins this match, he's coming for them soon. So it appears that Moxley will finally defend this goddamn U.S. title, probably on New Japan Strong. Um, Which makes sense. Yeah, it'll be nice to finally see Kenta with this belt. (laughs) Um, I think this also makes sense for what happened in the intermission that we learned, so... Um... Anyway, uh, we got Kenta and Kojima next. Tenzan was out with Kojima. This was, again, this was originally supposed to be Juice and Kenta, but uh, Juice broke his orbital. And so Kojima was a last-minute replacement for this. And my God, what a last-minute replacement this man was. I thought this exceeded all expectations because there were no expectations. This was, again, literally like a last-minute match added to Wrestle Kingdom um, as a replacement with pretty much no story. And I thought they really just knocked this one out of the park. Um, this Again, not the best match on the show, but up until this point, I thought this was my favorite match because, again, the tag title match probably would have had if it wasn't for the dumb finish. But 
I, I thought Kenta and Kojima worked a really stiff, fun match. They had great chemistry. It was nice to see Kojima getting a big singles match again, which commentary noted the last time he had a big singles match was in Shingo's debut singles match, I believe. Um, uh, so that's insane that that was the last high-profile Kojima match we've had. Yeah, they also said, um, I, I forget what, I think it was his first singles match in the Dome in like five or six years, they said. Yeah. Um, probably makes sense. And this is probably his last singles match in the Dome, to be honest. Um, so it's cool that he gets to have one last uh, Tokyo Dome match here. Um, and I thought they really delivered. So I was a fan of this. Um, obviously, Kojima wasn't going to win this. I don't think anybody thought Kojima was going to win. But uh, yeah, you know, for a short little like 15 minute match, I thought they really knocked this one out of the park. So I was a fan. Kento won with uh, Go to Sleep. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Uh, I thought that this was probably my favorite Kenta match um, of like since Kenta's been back uh, in New Japan's like since the restart. Like I thought his uh, his uh, run in the G1 was pretty shit. I mean, I thought his match was Zack Sabre Jr. In the yeah, that that was like the only that's the only match I can think of that I was like, oh man, this was a really good match. Um, and I liked him and Goto. I know everybody else in our group didn't, but I liked him. Um, but I, I I think this this outperformed uh, both of those matches. Oh yeah, no, I'd agree hundred um, percent. But yeah, so I'm excited. I think Kent has been on the upswing in New Japan after having kind of a lackluster start to his run in uh, New Japan. Minus his match with Tanahashi. Uh, those are the two matches, I, I, I guess I can say. Like, his matches in the G1, uh, both years he's been in the G1 against Tanahashi have been pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for what he's going to do in 2021. And assuming he wins this U.S. title from Moxley, I'm assuming that should uh, help him even yeah. more. Um, all right, after this, we go to our intermission, and we have uh, two announcements here. We have uh, apparently an announcement for a New Japan mobile game um, called New Japan Strong Spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, no idea what this is, but it's a mobile game coming. And then the other thing was the announcement that New Japan will be coming to TV in the United States and the UK soon. Uh, and they did um, hint that it's going to be New Japan Strong, because it, it had yeah. the Strong logo under it. Yes, and Chris Carlton like hinted at something being related to the color purple. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what that means in the coming days or weeks. I saw somebody was like, "Oh, it's it, the U.S. one must be HBO Max," and somebody was like, "They're not going to put their product on a different person's streaming site. They already have a streaming site," which 100% makes sense. They're not going to take their show off of New Japan World and put it on. HBO Max. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, after this, we had our final three matches. The next two were our special singles matches, no titles or anything. We had Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on the Great Okan, and the Great Okan wins the award for, I think, longest entrance of the night. Uh, according to, um, not according to what, uh, Kevin Kelly. Oh, well, what he, he said say? that was Naito. He was like, um, oh, maybe. Naito, Naito's having like... the longest walkout. I don't know. I felt like Okan went on yeah. forever, dude. Okan just like stumbled to the ring. I mean, so here's my thoughts on the great Okan. Funny now, actually, you really know, like... you know, yeah, we'll talk about, I'll talk about my overall thoughts on Okan going forward after this match, after we go through this. So Okan versus Tanahashi. The story is that Okan and the empire have been targeting Tanahashi's legs on the road to Tokyo Dome shows and in world tag league. Um, and they've been setting this up for a bit anyway. And this is also similar to Hiroshi Tanahashi facing off against Jay White after he came back from excursion a couple of years ago and challenged uh, Tanahashi in the Dome. He lost, and um, we all know the story of Jay White since is now the top heel in the company. So what I'm saying is Okan lost here. Give it like two years, he'll be the top guy. <laughs> um, anyway, this started off uh, not in the way I was expecting. We had a bunch of chain wrestling and grappling from Tanahashi and Okan, which is kind of refreshing to see. Um, you don't really see it from at least Okan. I feel like we haven't really seen that from. Um, so this was a nice, uh, a nice little technical start to the match here. Um, and then it basically just became a battle of Okan, like trying to outpower Tanahashi and Tanahashi being obviously the, the veteran that he had is we had one really, really good spot that I liked when Tanahashi went for the sling blade. And as he was like jumping up for it, Okan caught him, held him in air for a second and then just tossed him down like face first in the map. Thought it was a really cool counter to sling blade. 
Um, but uh, yeah, Okan couldn't pull it off here. He went for his little uh, what's what's he calls finishers? The, the dominator, or the claw, or the eliminator. Um, his little uh, like taped hand choke slam claw thing. Uh, a couple times, never actually got it. He did lock the claw on Tanahashi's face, but never actually hit his finisher. And eventually Tanahashi hits a dragon suplex um, to knock Khan down onto his front, then climbs up, hits a high fly flow uh, onto Okan's back, climbs up again and hits the second high fly flow and picks up the win. Uh, this clocked in at 17 minutes and 14 seconds, so almost 20 this minutes. This felt like a 10-minute match. This was really cool. This flew by. Yeah, I thought the pacing was actually really good on this. Um so my thoughts on this as a match, I thought Okan actually looked really great here for what they did. Um, he hasn't really had any standout performances since he's come back. He had the match with Okada, and me and Ram were talking about it when we were watching this. But we both thought that match was good, but then thinking back, we couldn't even remember the match. So it, while it might have been like a fine match, it didn't have anything memorable in it. Um, and so that's worth noting. Was this the greatest match of the show? No, absolutely not. But I thought it was a good showing for Okan in what was kind of a make or break thing for him. Because he has this like goofy look. And if he didn't have a good match with Tanahashi in the Tokyo Dome, I think it would have spelled uh, the end for the great Okan character. Or at least um, a repositioning of him. And I thought he actually did really well here. I thought him and Tanahashi had great chemistry. Uh, again, the pacing of this match made it feel like it was like, Ryan said, like 10 minutes. This went by like crazy fast. So props to both guys on that. Um, and yeah, I think Great Okan's time will come. But I think similar to Jay White, uh, they see him as a long-term project rather than just giving him an instant win in the Tokyo Dome against uh, a legend like Tanahashi. And again, Jay White lost to Tanahashi. And you know, he bounced back from that. And like I said, is now the top heel in the company and is main eventing the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> so, yep. uh, yeah, I think O'Connell will be fine in the long run. So, um, Ryan, do you have any thoughts on this match before I talk more about the great O'Conn and what I think he needs to happen? No, I, I think you hit everything. I, I was really impressed by O'Conn. I was really impressed by Tanahashi um, because, I don't know, I, I felt like other than his match with uh, his singles match with Naito, um and his match with Kenta in the G1, um he didn't have the greatest run of singles matches uh, this year or last year uh, uh, after the restart. And I've said it numerous times that I think Tanahashi needs to stop this whole. Um, I need to be there for everybody during COVID. Like you are seriously injured, just get your surgery new Japan will still be here in a year or two. When you come back, um, I still think he needs to do it sooner rather than later, because I don't, I, I don't think anybody wants to see, um, uh, Tanahashi, uh, not be able to go out on his own terms. Like if he has like, if he seriously messes up his leg and they're like, oh, the doctors, they're like, you will not be able to wrestle. That will be an awful way for Tanahashi to go out. So I still think that Tanahashi should try to uh, get that fixed before uh, things get worse. But, um, yeah, that's what I have to say. Fair enough. I think I think a lot of people would probably share those sentiments despite loving Tanahashi. Um, so, yeah, Okan. So what I think needs to happen for the great Okan, having seen this match now, I think he needs to drop – the um, wh- whatever this outfit he is that the he comes out thing. in. I don't know what it's called. Somebody will figure it out if they don't know. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. The yellow, the gold with the question mark. He needs to drop that. The sides for big matches. Yes. I think having this be like a specific thing he comes out as for big matches is a cool way to like show him like powering up or trying to psych out his opponents. And then when he's not doing that, have him come out in the outfit he was wearing throughout world tag league, where it was a much more toned down version where it was him in like, uh, like a black robe in trunks. And to be fair, I think that is what they're doing. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But if I see him like come out on new year's dash or something, or just any other like road Two show and he's dressed as this, this question mark gold man, I don't need it. He looks like a goofball when he's doing that. And I think 
you know, having two different attires for him, one for big matches and then one for just regular matches. Perfectly fine. I think that's a good way. I'm also glad that they toned down the goofiness of him. Um, he didn't do as much screeching as he normally does. And he also didn't do that weird move where he just, like, sits on the person's head. Um, Again, I think that's more of a tag thing because he does that while his tag partner, like, has their... He did it to Okada in the yeah, singles match. but... He did both of those, so they, they, he toned down the screeching and he didn't sit on it. Oh no, face. I really like that move. I it it. I, I think dumb. it looks good when it's a, a, in a tag match. I'll say that. I it's more yeah. acceptable there in a regular match. It just looks awful. It looks so stupid. Um, and the screeching, um, I don't have an issue with. Again, if he does it a lot, it gets comedic, and that shouldn't be what he's Fair. doing. Um, because when he did the screeching, our reaction wasn't like. Oh, that's scary. It was, what the hell is this nonsense? It was yeah, laughing that, at That's him. fair. Um, and if you're going to build this guy up as the dominator or the eliminator or whatever He's called, the dominator. His um, finisher is the eliminator. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I just I just think he needs to be treated more serious in presentation. But I thought this was a... This is the best he's looked since coming back. That's fair. All right. Our semi-main event. Our other singles match here. Actually, Pat, I I'm do sorry, have one cause... last thing. To be fair, you didn't remember Okan as a as a as a what young lion. So technically, this is the best he's ever looked to you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. I genuinely didn't remember him as a young lion. Um, anyway, our semi main event, which is our other special singles match here, Kazuchika Okada versus Will Osprey with B Priestley. Um, Will Osprey now calling himself the Commonwealth King. I love that. Um, Comes out in uh, really fancy looking gear here. Um, like it was a big robe and the inside was supposed to look like Versace or Gucci or something. And B came out like in a dress. Okada had new gear where it was like gold and red. I thought everybody looked great here. The colors, fantastic. Love to see. Uh, new gear for yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. Very nice. Tanahashi also had really yeah. good looking gear. I uh, Osprey also had a special entrance video. Yeah, uh, where he was just sitting on a couch with B kissing her and then he stood up and smashed the TV with a baseball bat and then sat back down and started kissing yeah. her again. So, uh-huh. sure. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, this was... I where I don't think words can do this one justice. This was goddamn fucking nuts from start to finish. We had... To start this match off, we had uh, uh, Okada doing like a somersault suicide dive over the top rope to Osprey on the floor. Something you don't really see Okada do that often and... Really, this was just a testament to New Japan's camera work and pretty much, just, uh, you know, uh, detrimental to pretty much every other promotion, AEW, WWE, NXT. Um, New Japan's camera work is so top tier that they no cuts here. It was just a straight shot and just stayed on Okada this whole time as he does this sprint to the ropes over the top rope from the cameras behind uh, Osprey. You see him come over and then stays on it. Perfect. Looks so good. And it was such a good shot. And this, this was, again, this is I thought fantastic. the replay they did was Looks... really good, too, with the shot right over Osprey's shoulder. So you could see, yeah. like, his perspective of it, which, yeah, give me more of that. Yeah, New Japan's camera work is great stuff. And, again, this just looks so good. Um, uh, we had Osprey at ringside just tearing up the, 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 the padding on the floor um, to expose the wood underneath. Um <laughs> Again, this match went like this is the longest match on the show. This was thirty-five minutes and twenty-eight seconds, so there was a lot going on here. And I really, again, I really don't think words can do this justice. Um, some other big spots we had: um, Okada like caught Will while he was going for like os cutter um, in midair with a drop kick. That was nuts. Okada went for like six money clips. That's what that was nuts. Um, Stop with as you the know the money, money clip, clip is the most. <laughs> Money clip is the most devastating. Honestly, this was probably the best usage of money clip because it made us like anytime he was putting it in, it was like, please don't let this end. And there was the one time where he had Will in for like a pretty yeah. long time, and Will was like had to like slowly crawl his way to the ropes. And it was like, if Okada's gonna win this, he's gonna win it with the Rainmaker. But like at that point, it was like, okay, Okada might actually like win this um, with the money clip because he had done like a spinning tombstone to Will, and had him, again had him locked in, and it looked like he was gonna just like pass out in the hold. But Will got his foot on last second. Um, and yeah, so I thought the money clip here was used effectively because, again, it was a way that, like, 
it built it kept building throughout the match where he would lock it in um and then it was like oh, i really hope that this isn't the finish and then again when we got the finish it wasn't the final yeah flip. um i i enjoyed uh their back and forth throughout this match um they told an excellent story um about just like how much they they liked each other slash loved each other but now how like Osprey basically hates Okada and Okada basically hates Osprey for the way he turned his back on him I thought this was phenomenal um I love good storytelling in my wrestling um also um there was a point where I thought somebody was going to get really injured um, because they really liked being on the apron in this match. Um, and Osprey went to try to do Stormbreaker on the apron. And if he, the issue, I think that the visual would look great. I, I mean, I don't think that's they were ever fair, gonna do that. But I think that with somebody. If when Osprey does get go down the line and gets another like another big singles match, maybe against either Naito or Ibushi, they're crazy enough that they'll be like, "Yeah, let's do this." Um, yeah, I can yeah, see him doing it. To there's Ibushi. so much room for error on that move on the apron. I don't, I don't want to see it. I'm scared. I'm scared to see it, but I, I do think it's going to happen. And when it does happen. Oof! If it's done safely, nobody gets hurt. It'll be one of like the but coolest hey, looking moves. Pat, as, as Tatsuya Naito says, there is no such thing as safe wrestling. That's true. Um. Anyway, um, we had some big moves from Osprey uh, later on in the match. He had a big diving hitting blade that looked cool, and then he went for a second hidden blade, but he was going to do it to Okada's face. I want, I want that um, to happen. I want the hidden blade to somebody's um, face. I need that. Okada, Okada blocked it with a big drop kick, and then um, he went for a Rainmaker, um, which was the first time he went for it in the match. Osprey um, blocked it and went for the Os Cutter, and that's when he hit the big drop kick. And then Okada hit a uh, a spinning Rainmaker, not the full not the full Rainmaker, but like a light spinning Rainmaker. Uh, Osprey kicked out, and then. We got probably the best moment of this entire match. Osprey gets up um, and he hits a rolling, like spinning elbow to Okada's face and then hits a tombstone and then picks Okada up and does his own Rainmaker for a crazy. Uh, don't fall. forget, he did after um, the kick, he did the Rainmaker pose. There were audible, oh, yeah, the like gasps. That yeah, Osprey did this. That was it, was so well, so well done. Um, and Okada kicks out again, last second of this Rainmaker. Um, and eventually Osprey falls to a tombstone, and Okada hits him with the perfect Rainmaker, and Okada wins via the goddamn again, Rainmaker. Audible gas. Thirty-five minutes when he hits the Rainmaker. I, it, again, New Japan. I will say it, and I know Pat will probably echo it. I think New Japan is on another level when it comes to storytelling compared to AEW and compared to WWE. Yeah, I would say New Japan clocks in at number one and AEW yeah. at number two. Um, and Impact so, number three. Yeah, I would agree. Wait a second. Um, but yeah, this was this was. Oh, I forgot to mention. Yeah. Uh, during the Rumble, I forget who it was about, but Kevin Kelly was like, "Oh man, if if he does this again, we might have to take this up on an episode of Wrestlers Court." I was really hoping that that meant that somebody from Impact Wrestling was going to show up afterwards. Because I really need Johnny Swinger to show up on my television on New Japan in his normal gimmick. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, love. Uh, anyway, this is not You have your first five-star match of 2021. And what a way to start things off for wrestling. Uh, this is going to likely be talked about as a match, uh, match of the year contender. Yeah. At the end as of the I, year. So. I said, I thought that going into the, uh, this weekend, there were – or this week, I should say, 
um, not just in New Japan, but in just wrestling in general. I think there's a possibility of three actual like match of the year contenders being done this week. Two of them were going to be tonight, and the other one is uh, on the Phoenix versus Kenny Omega match. I think all three of these could be potential match of the year contenders. Um, I did, this was fantastic. It's going to be hard to beat. Um, my question to you, Pat, is how many stars does Dave give it? I think it's going to be uh, at least six. It's going to be a, it's, it's going to be like six or seven, probably. I I don't like yeah. watch rewatching matches often. Like I'm not somebody who's like, oh, I, I, let me go rewatch every like all these matches um, to tr- like every, like all the time. Like I know there's a lot of people who've like rewatched uh, like Omega and Okada's like series like a bunch of times. I've watched each of those matches like two times at most because I really enjoy them. Um, and like I could go back and watch them again. This is a match that I can like genuinely say I would enjoy to go back and watch again because it's just so good. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I think it's a fair point. Um, yeah, again, this could have been in the main event slot and it would have worked just as well. Um, these last two matches were just excellent, so um. Interested to see a couple things following this. One, where does Okada go exactly? One would assume that he's beaten Osprey, and that would probably position him to start making his way back towards the title picture. Um, and what happens with Will Osprey and the Empire since him and Okan have lost on night one of Wrestle Kingdom? And we'll have to see if Shingo, or not Shingo, um, if Jeff Cobb can beat Shingo. On night two, will he be the one member of the Empire to pick up a win? I would assume we'll be seeing probably some sort of big angle or something with the Empire on New Year's Dash. Um, I'd be kind of shocked if they yeah. didn't do Again, something. Again, like I think that's where so. you're going to get your fourth member. Yeah, um, it's, it's possible. I'm think. See, I have a, I ha- I, I have an idea for it, um, but I, I just don't know what the, what the team makeups are going to be. Because there's so many people who could be this fourth person. Like, we, we've all said that, oh, we could see Robbie Eagles being this fourth person. Um, and if that's the case, that would mean that it's going to be, like, a chaos match. And I feel like Eagles is going to have to betray chaos. And then it's like, oh, man, Okada got betrayed twice in, like, the span of four months. What the fuck are you doing, Okada? Um the other thing is I could – like, originally you said that you could see ELP being on it, being it the other uh, yesterday or the day before you said that. Uh, I don't think ELP is going to go. I think ELP is definitely staying with uh, Bullet Club for now. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like they definitely needed Junior. Because every faction has a junior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Give me El Desperado. Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to. No. Nope. Or Watto. No. 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 I mean Watto, maybe if he turns heel, we'll see. Um, he'd be he'd be such a weird fit for that. I group. mean, to be fair, <laughs> um, he his goofiness could match well with uh Okan's original goofiness. Yeah, just make him oh, a comedy you stop team. That. Anyway, um, Okada and Osprey is the match to beat so far for the year. Uh, main event time. Double championship match for the IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Championships. Tetsuya Naito defends against Kota Ibushi, the winner of the G1, who lost his briefcase but then was granted a title shot by Tetsuya Naito because he wanted to face him more than Jay White. Yep, you got everything in there. Um, <clears throat> they're record going into this match um, was 5-3 and three in Ibushi's favor um, for what it's yeah, worth. I did not they, know that. The way they were building this, it felt like like this was like a, a match that Ibushi really needed to win over Naito. Like, that he's struggled to beat Naito in the past. Um, I didn't expect him to have that, that large of a, a gap over him. 
Yeah, uh, their last match was in 2019 at Dominion. So, um, this is what you would expect from Naito and Ibushi for the most part. Um, it wasn't as fast paced to start off, but that was because it's the heavyweight title and it was the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. So, you're most likely always going to be getting like a New Japan epic where it starts off really slow and then slowly builds and then gets crazy with whoever's in it. And that's what we got here. Um, there was some big stuff at the beginning, um, but for the most part, it was reserved for later on in the match. And so, as per the usual, when their matches go like over 30 minutes, it's a yeah. slow start. Um, and for some, that might be a uh, that might be a, a negative factor. But if you're used to watching New Japan, you're kind of used to it by now, and you kind of just start like, okay, this is what I'm in for. Uh, the scariest spot of this match was. When Abushi, um, I don't even know what they were doing. They were like on the apron, and Abushi like got thrown down, and like it looked like his head like bounced off yes. the bar, um, like on the apron or below the apron. Um, well, there was that, and also the random Destino that Abushi was like, "Hey, let me take this on my neck for no." Oh, yeah, reason. I forgot about that. Yeah, the fir- the first Destino that Abushi um, ate, he just like took it straight down on his head. Those were so, – so I will say this, you know, for what we've seen from Ibushi and Naito, this was probably the least scary match I've seen from them. I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. There's only like – it's only like two uh, two really scary matches. So I feel like they're not scary matches, there was scary a parts. point where Naito took something weird as well. I don't remember. I feel like I, I um, said something oh, during the match. I was like, why would you do that? Yeah, there was there was the big um Abushi had like a like a hurricane rana to the eight like from the apron yes. to the yep. floor and um him and Naito both landed on their legs weird, but you originally thought that Naito landed on his head, yeah. but then on replay he landed they both landed safely yeah, besides Naito's legs. legs ended up like I thought I originally thought oh that uh Somebody landed on their neck, um, and then, like, in the replay, I thought Naito, like, destroyed his leg, uh, because he landed weird on the leg first, on one leg first, and then, like, he wrote, he kept on moving, and he got his other leg tangled in the, uh, barricade, and then tried to pull it out immediately and couldn't, I was like, oh, that's, that's not a good spot. Um, and this was kind of like right in the middle of the match, so I was like, "This could be something to watch out for in the throughout throughout the match." But like, they didn't play it up for anything. But yeah, very, very yeah, no, could have I mean, been much worse. Yeah, and again, Abushi hitting his head on the bar yeah. could have concussed uh, the guy. But from what I could tell, it, yeah. it, he was not concussed. He, he, Went full speed. Yeah, and it seemed to I did was, ask so. at the end uh, of this match if there was a, like an issue with concussions because after the match, um, like they're celebrate, like the celebratory stuff is going on, and Abushi. Well, we'll get to it when we get to the ending here. Yeah. Um. The big thing coming out of this is that we did not see Murder Abushi. He never went to the dark side in this match. Um, I think that that's going to, I think everybody's expecting that to be saved against Jay White because he doesn't have like a personal like blood feud going on with Naito, whereas him and um, Jay have kind of been a thorn in each other's side for yeah. Like, Although a couple Kevin Kelly, <laughs> as uh, Naito was coming out, claimed that Naito absolutely hates Abushi but also absolutely loves Abushi. So, yeah, he said he respects yeah. him, he loves him, and he hates him. So. Um, yeah. interesting dynamic there, but that's, that's Naito for you. Um, we also had probably was like the cleanest Destino that Naito has ever, not ever, yes. hit, but in like recent years has hit, um, where it was just like, like he hit it in like a matter of like two seconds. It was just like a really quick, slick looking Destino and super safe. Abushi landed like perfectly on his back. Um, we also got Naito kicking out of two Kamigoyes mm-hmm. here. Um, and then it took a third with the exposed knee to put him down. Um, after the the way we got to it, though, was really good with Abushi just hitting like a yep. V trigger out of nowhere, um, and then it dropped Naito down for the Kamigoye. He hit him, 
He won. Abushi officially wins the big one, becomes double champion. And as he's celebrating, he goes to pin uh, Naito again. Which yeah, is what I was referring really, to about like, yeah, what Abushi concussed. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think this was um, more storytelling that Abushi just couldn't believe yeah. that he actually won um, and was going for it again. Because again, Abushi seemed perfectly fine. He looked like. I mean. I'm not a concussion expert. I know some people have concussions and are perfectly fine, but Abushi, we've seen yeah, have concussions it, it, before. It's not like like the um, last concu- big concussion thing in a big match that I think we anybody can remember in New Japan is Kenta and Ishii for the Never Open Weight title, yeah. uh, and it wasn't that. Um, yeah, no, I think I think Abushi had a scary fall, but I think yeah. he's probably okay. Um, so. But yeah, uh, Kota Ibushi wins in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, wins both of the titles, finally becomes IWGP heavyweight champion. He's been Intercontinental before, Um, but he's officially won the heavyweight championship. Kenny Omega did send a tweet out shortly Mm -hmm. after saying congrats. Um, And so yeah, Kota Ibushi walks into Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, where he'll be facing off against Jay White for the double championship. Uh, Jay did did come out after this. Jay did come out. He did cut a little promo here. Um, and yeah, that was, uh, that was Wrestle Kingdom Night 1. I'm, I'm giving a thumbs, thumbs up. up. Um, I'm giving like 10 thumbs down to the New Japan Rambo. Um, if they ever do that shit again, please make it better than that. That was genuinely one of the worst Rumble Battle Royals I'm I've ever seen in my life. I'm more disappointed that we didn't get to see any surprises. Um in the Rambo. Yeah, there's um, no surprise entrance. There was no, like, Legends beside Tiger Mask, but yeah. he had just come back, so um, kind of figured he was going to be in there. There was no, like... Like, the like the one thing that we all thought was going to get added to this card originally was Tenzan versus Suzuki, because they'd been, they were scheduled to face off on every night of the Road 2 shows. Then they got, they both were in the Rambo, but never even faced off against each other because Suzuki was eliminated that quick. Um, yep. Also, like, I really enjoyed Suzuki and Yuji Nagata's feud last year, and I'll take a million matches again between them because they're just really gifted together. But, like, I, I really don't, like, these guys fought each other throughout this match. They get eliminated while fighting each other, and then they fight all the way to the back again. Can we can we not have Yuji Nagata versus Minoru Suzuki like as like a big old feud to start off twenty twenty one? Like I, I feel like I don't know. I, I mean, I have feels no weird considering like their last match was like supposed to be the end of their blood feud, and now they're starting it back up again. I don't think it was really starting. I think it was just yeah. they were in the same place and kind of were having issues. Um, anyway, so yeah, thumbs up. Um, I'm going to try and keep this consistent throughout the year for when we do big shows for pay-per-view reviews, but I did give star ratings to each of these matches, mainly for myself, so I can keep track of this for the end of the year. So the New Japan Rambo, I already said, 0.5. If Hiromu and ELP, 3.25. Techers versus a G.O.D., I gave 3.5. Um, probably would have been higher if it wasn't for that goddamn finish. Uh, Kenta and Kojima, I gave three and a half. I would give the slight edge to Kojima and Kenta. I enjoyed it more. Okan and Tanahashi, surprisingly, I gave 3.75. Osprey and Okada, I gave five. And Ibushi and Naito, I gave four and a half. Um, I gave my star ratings as well. I gave the Rambo one star. I gave... Uh, yeah, Too much. Uh, I gave Haramu and ELP three and a half stars. I gave Techers versus G.O.D. 3.75 stars. I gave Kenta and Kojima 3.75 stars, but I, I preferred Techers versus G.O.D. bet more. Um, and then I went four stars for Okan and Tanahashi, five stars for Osprey and Okada, and four and a half for Ibushi and Naito. And should we give yeah. Rob since um, Rob and gave also- him, Phil? Yeah, I was going to say Rob's not here, so we can give Rob's for I know him. you want um, to rip to shreds his first star rating. Yeah, Rob gave the New Japan Rambo two stars, and I uh, I don't know what that man was thinking. Um, he gave Hiromu and ELP four stars. He gave G.O.D. and the Techers three and a half. He gave Kojima and Kenta 2.75 
Uh, Tanahashi and Okan three and a half. Uh, Okada five, or sorry, Okada and Osprey five, and the main event four point seven five. So we all have different ratings and besides for Joey's Okada. currently watching it now. I think the show. So yeah, so I'm sure when me and Joey review Dynamite, I'll ask Joey yeah. his opinions on the show. Um, and just uh, to go over our predictions where we stand going into night two. Uh, for Wrestle Kingdom, in last place, we have Joey and Sam tied at five points, uh, followed by me at six points, and then a tie for first yeah, with uh, and Rob. Rob seven. has the tiebreaker currently over me. Uh, and who has the tiebreaker over Sam and, Sam and Joey? Joey. Joey. Yeah, Ryan's in a position where we now know if he has a tiebreaker for first or last yeah. place, he loses no matter what. So yeah, you better I, hope you don't get a tie. Bus. I honestly didn't expect like I expected Okada or Osprey and Okada to be a long match. I didn't expect it to be the longest match of the damn week. Uh, two days. Um, I definitely didn't think it was going to be longer than the main event of the show. Yeah, well, pl- plot twist: um, Taguchi and Wado and Desperado and um, Kanemaru were going. I mean, forty-five. I don't think they can. I, I, I don't think that would be a good 45-minute match. I, got it. I, I, I don't think it would Desperado either. Desperado and Kanemaru are great. Uh, Taguchi is good, and Wado uh, is pretty bad. I don't... Oh, again, I don't think Wado is bad. I, I think, he, is I think he does a few really cool things, and I, but I don't think he has good chemistry with like many people. I think that he has good ca- chemistry with Kanemaru. Uh, that was proven. That's it. Yeah, he, he's he, he's still young. He, he's still young. Anyway, uh, we'll be back with our Wrestle Kingdom coverage tomorrow for Wrestle yeah. Kingdom Night Two. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you want to listen. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Breaker, Overcast, uh, yeah. Anchor, and Google. So you have a bunch of options. Also, feel free to follow us over on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, both at Deep Six Wrestling, and you can follow us on your subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find the link to that in the episode description. Um, and remember, we have our Wrestle Kingdom review tomorrow. We have Impact review tomorrow with Ryan and Angelo. Then Wednesday, probably a New Year's Dash review. That should probably be pretty short. And then me and Joey reviewing New Year's Smash Night 1 for AEW. And then later this week, probably Friday or Saturday, our year-end podcast for 2020, where we go over the best and worst in wrestling for 2020. So that's our schedule. Yeah. So, you know, stay tuned. Uh, We hope you all enjoy the content. Hope you enjoyed Wrestle Kingdom. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow for the next show.